I believe you as me this morning have enjoyed the music. I certainly have. And I pray our hearts are prepared for the preaching this morning. I want you to open your Bibles again to the book of Habakkuk. I'll make reference and you may want to just put a, a star or an asterisk at various verses. As I preach this morning on the subject, doubt is not the only substitute for faith. Now you'll have to hear the introduction at least to understand uh, the title this morning, but doubt is not the only substitute for faith. Heavenly Father, I wish I had the words to convince every person the need to listen to the message this morning. Not the messenger, but the message. And I pray that we would be see beyond and hear beyond the messenger's feeble attempt at truth, but Lord, see the truth of the message that could help us so very much. I hunger, Lord, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray that the truth, there folks here this morning, that this could change their life. And I pray that you would help us to listen. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Habakkuk is a prophet, an Old Testament prophet. And you would expect a prophet to be positive you would expect a prophet at least in times of difficulty and despair to now and again stop and say but we're on the winning side but Habakkuk when he approaches the condition of the nation around him he first of all he seems surprised at God he is confused by what he sees and he is even disturbed at what's going on around him and he wonders God why don't you do something and I want you to notice what he says in verse 2 O Lord how long shall I cry and thou shalt and thou will not hear I even cry out unto thee of violence Lord do you see what's going on around us and thou will not save exclamation mark why dost thou show me iniquity and, not, and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there are that raise up strife and contentions. I'll stop reading there, but he goes on and on to talk about the condition around him. He begins in verse number one by talking about his burden. You know what a burden is? A burden is a heavy emotional, mental weight in our minds and in our hearts. It's not something that we can just lay down and walk away from, but it's something that, that, that bothers us in the daytime. It, 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 we think about it in the nighttime. We wake up, it's a burden that bothers us. For us this morning, it could be a, uh, a broken heart. It could be a wayward child. It could be a disappointment in a, in a relationship. It could be a lot of things that we wonder, Lord, you see what's going on. Why don't you do something about this? Everywhere Habakkuk looked, he saw violence, civil injustice, injustice, and iniquity. He saw the wicked were oppressing the poor. The nobles were riding roughshod over the law. The land was filled with strife and contention. 
And he asked, Lord, how long do I have to cry before I could get your attention to see what I am seeing? He could not understand why the wicked prospered and the righteous did not do well. What did he do? What did Habakkuk do? What's the book about? When life didn't seem fair, what did Habakkuk do? When God seemed to ignore the pains or not hear the cry, uh, when confusion seemed to be the norm, when the future seemed uh, so unstable and fearful, what did Habakkuk do? Before I answer that question, I must admit sometimes that life is that way for me and my mind and in my heart. Sometimes I wonder when the judgment of the Lord is going to come. Sometimes I wonder how long the wicked will prosper and be proud of their wickedness. I wonder how long can folks continue to make, to sell, distribute drugs that folks lose their lives at a young age. I wonder how long can wickedness go on I wonder how merciful God will be when judgment comes. I wonder sometimes if God's people want revival. And sometimes as the Bible described Habakkuk with a burden, I feel that burden and I wonder, God, how long is this going to go on around us? Well, first of all, I want to say Habakkuk did not give up on God and he didn't fall prey to doubt or giving up. What did he do? I want to give you three things that Habakkuk did, and I love how he responds, and I love the transparency of the Scripture into the mind and heart of even though this man is a prophet, he still feels the burden, and he still sees the confusion and the contention around him. He does three things. First of all, he says, I'm going to wait and see what God does. I'm going to wait a little longer and see what God does. Now, now, some folks, when they see a problem, they go from faith in God, and when they see a problem, they immediately go to doubt and say, well, God's not going to do anything. But there's another substitute for doubt. The first one is wait. Please hear what I'm about to say. When a problem or a difficulty or a trial comes in our life that we can't understand, it seems overwhelming, you don't have to make a decision about God yet. You can just wait. You, you don't have to come to a conclusion. Now, if we're not careful, we're going to fall prey to the cultural pressures that are around us. You, you, I don't know how many radio uh, stations there are that you could pick up in Lexington, but if you turned them on at 10 o'clock in the morning, you would go from one talk show after another, and everyone has made a conclusion about something, and they're all sharing their opinion. And the more controversial the subject, the more opinions come in. Habakkuk said, I, I, I'm a bit confused. I see all of this contention around me. I, I, I see all of the uh, frustrations. I feel the burdens. I, I see the pain. I see all of that. But I'm not going to say, God, I doubt you. And I doubt you can fix this. But he says, I tell you what I am going to do. I'm just going to wait before I make a decision. It was, it, 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 there was no conclusion made because of the confusion. 
He didn't say, I'm going to decide God can't. I'm going to wait. You see, unbelief is not the only substitute for belief. We can simply wait on the Lord. Let me give an illustration. The farmer does not come to a conclusion at the first sign of drought after planting season that the season is over. He does not come to a conclusion at the first sign of drought that there's no hope. For you see, rain may be delayed, but he waits for the rain to come. Are you listening this morning? He, he said, I, I'm not going to give up on this crop. I believe it's going to rain. I need to just wait another week. The wise parent, the wise teacher does not come to a conclusion with the first bad grade uh, of a student uh, on a test or an assignment that the student is not able to learn. The wise student does not give up on education at the first sign of difficulty. And Habakkuk said, I don't understand this. If I were God, I'd fix this. But I'm not God. But I'm not going to conclude doubt. I'm not going to give up on God. I'll tell you what I am going to do. I'm going to wait on God. Look at verse number 12. Habakkuk 1 verse number 12. Art thou not from everlasting, O Lord, my God, mine holy one? Aren't you God? He said, are you who I think you are? And, and, and he's not doubting God here. He is making a statement here that our God is God. And then he says this, we shall not die, O Lord. Thou hast ordained them for judgment. And he's talking about the enemy of Israel. And almighty God, thou hast established them for correction. Here's what he's saying. While it looks like there's no hope I've known God up to this point enough not to make a decision. I'm just going to wait on the Lord. Here's what Isaiah said, Isaiah 40 and verse number 30. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Here's what I'm saying. Don't give up on God. Just keep waiting on God. He is still working. Job's friends came to him at a time when pain was, his body was filled with pain and the sores was obvious and the devastation of his life was obvious. And his friends came to a conclusion, but Job said, wait a minute, don't conclude anything yet. Let's wait and see what God's going to do. And I'm saying to you this morning, if you're in a time of trial, you're in a time of difficulty, and you think God should have already responded, you think God should have already fixed the situation, I say to you this morning, don't give up, just keep waiting on God. Habakkuk said, I'm not going to give up, I'm going to wait. I'm often sad, disappointed about events and happenings in our world. Don't miss this. But I have some joy and gladness that's stored up in other places that help me to make it through this time of disappointment. There are some things that I'm disappointed in, but the whole thing is not bad because I'm disappointed in one thing. I may be going through a trial in my life, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't love me. That doesn't mean God doesn't care about me. Why, he's done enough for me up to the time of this trial that I have enough joy stored up that will carry me through this trial, so I'm just going to wait on God. 
I'm just going to wait to see what God is going to do. While I'm confused about some of the things that God does now and again, I'm very thankful for the many things that he's already done in the past that's given to me great joy and great assurance to know, don't throw in the towel because when I think it's too late, God is never too late. Mary and Martha, they said, Lord, it's too late. It's never too late for Jesus. So I say this morning, don't despair, wait. You see, there's a substitute for, uh, another substitute for faith other than doubt. And one of those is just to wait on God. I do not have to know why God does the things that he does. But I actually know enough about God that keeps me waiting and expecting God to do something great of the things I do know about God. There are, many under, there are many things I didn't understand about my dad growing up. But I understood enough about him to not give up on him because of the things I didn't understand. I knew that he loved me. And while I, I, I remember, and I've told you this story, he bought me an old mule and 2,000 strawberry plants. I didn't understand that. I mean, there were men who had tractors, could have plowed the field. I didn't understand that. I know now he wasn't trying to raise strawberries. He was raising boys. That's what he was doing. I understand him more now, but I understood enough then. I didn't understand some of the things that he made me do. I didn't understand some of the rules that he enforced in my life. I didn't understand all of those, but I understood enough. I understood he loves me. I understood I've always got a place to sleep. I always have food to eat. I'm always cared for. I understand enough about him to trust him when I don't understand him. And may I say this morning, while you don't understand something that God is doing in your life right now, we do understand enough that God does love me. He did give his son to die on the cross that I could have eternal life. He has cared for me. So while I don't understand today, I do understand him enough to wait and to see what God is going to do. Have you ever lost one shoe but you said, well, I wish I could find that shoe. And here's what you did. You put that shoe up until you found the other. You didn't throw that shoe away. That is, that, that, that's a silly illustration, isn't it? Maybe you all don't lose shoes. Or One fellow was sitting in the doctor's office. He had on a brown sock and a black sock. <laughs> fellow said to him, he said, sir, you've got on a brown sock and a black sock. He looked down. He said, well, I sure do. He said, I've got another pair just like them at home. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, but, but, but if you ever lose a shoe, you don't throw away the one you have. You wait until you find the other one. You, you, don't, you, you don't throw away one because you can't find the other. I'm not going to throw God away because I don't understand him today. He's taken care of me up to today. So I'm just going to wait and see what God is going to do. And that's what Habakkuk said. He said, God, I don't know how long I have to cry. I don't know how long I have to pray. I don't know how, uh, how long I have to see all this going on around me. But I'm not going to give up. I'm going to wait and see what you're going to do. Second of all, he said, I'm going to watch. Now, waiting is one thing. Watching is another. Watching is an expectation of what's going to happen. Look at chapter 2 and verse number 1. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me 
and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Now, he said, I asked God, why are you doing this? But now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch and I'm going to listen to see what God is going to say. You see, he looked for a reason and answer with hope. May I say, you may look at a situation in your life and not see any hope, but if you can put God in the equation, He is the hope for that situation. And He said, I'm going to watch to see what God is going to do. He went up on His post and He looked for the answer. He expected the answer. You see, history told Habakkuk not just to wait, but to watch and expect God to do something. You see, the children of Israel, they had come to the Red Sea when they left the land of Egypt. They didn't know what was going to happen, but as they waited, as they watched, God parted the water. Habakkuk looked back and he said, you know, God never has let us die he never has left us alone. He's always delivered us. I don't know how he's going to do it this time, but I'm watching to see. i tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to give up. There's another substitute to faith, and it's not doubt. I don't have to doubt. I don't have to give up on God. I don't know how God's going to do it. I don't know when God is going to do it, but I believe God is going to do something. I was reading the story of David who had sinned against the Lord. It was, a, it was a tragic and a shameful story of what King David did. Uh, King David took another man's wife. And, and, and what was so bad, the man was, he, he was in the army of Israel and, and he took the man's wife while he was in battle. And then he did worse than that. Not only did he take the woman, he took this man that was a, a soldier in, in the army of Israel and he had him put on the very front lines knowing that he would be killed and he was. And David justified what he had done by taking another man's wife. One sin always leads to another. You don't sin your way out. You confess your way out. Are you listening to me? You're not going to sin your way out of trouble. You confess your way out of trouble. You come to God. But there was a time when David was at the lowest because God was judging him for the sin that he had committed. And when there were those that said to David, you ought to just give up on God, David made the statement, who can tell whether God? He said, he said, I know God. I, I've watched him in the past. I have no idea what he's going to do now, but I expect God's going to do something in my life. Can I tell you today, you may be waiting for God to do something and watching for him to do something. Don't give up. God is working in your life whether you can see it or not. We love to watch God work. We love to see him work. You know, you read the creation story and you see God speaking the world into existence. That's what we like in our life. But you know, the greatest work that was ever done in all of history by the Heavenly Father was in a time of darkness and a time when he turned his back on the sun because Jesus was hanging on the cross of Calvary paying for your sins and mine. There was no voice from heaven. There was no sound from heaven. Darkness fell on Calvary and the Father turned his back on the sun while your sins and mine were being placed upon him I'm preaching this morning you may have come to the place that, that you don't have a strong faith and you're ready to make a decision I give up on God I say wait a minute wait a minute don't give up on God do what Habakkuk did wait a little longer and then watch to see what God is going to do are you watching for God to work in your life 
I am. I, I've, got, I've got some prayers that I'm praying right now. That I'm waiting and watching for God to answer those prayers. I, I'm expecting those to be answered. You know why? Because he's answered so many for me before. And sometimes it seems like, Lord, you're running late. You ever feel like that? Lord, I need patience, but I need them today. I can't wait till tomorrow. I'm watching. There's a difference in giving up. We can come to the place that we say as Habakkuk did, I'm just going to wait for God. I'm going to watch for God. Then to give you the last thing. While I'm waiting and watching, I'm going to keep on working. Notice chapter 3. I'm going to keep on working. You know what he's saying? If he were a church member, he would say, I don't understand what God's doing in my life, and life is difficult, and, and there's a lot of confusion, and there's a lot of disappointment, but I'm not going to quit church. I don't understand how long it's going to be for God to answer my prayer, but I'm not going to stop praying. I'm not going to stop reading my Bible. Notice what he says in Habakkuk chapter 3, and notice what he said in verse number 1, a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet. He says, O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid, O Lord. And then he says this, Revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years make known in wrath. Remember mercy. He is saying, God, I don't understand how long it's going to going to be for you to answer my prayer but I'm not going to stop praying I'm going to keep on praying I'm not going to stop waiting I'm going to keep waiting I'm not going to stop watching I'm going to keep watching and I'm going to keep working and serving in the will of God take your Bibles and go to Psalm 126 Psalm 126 Most of the time, these two verses, verses 5 and 6, they are applied to soul winning, and they can apply to soul winning. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. And basically what he's saying, or, or what we usually say about that verse is, if we, if we sow with a broken heart and a burdened heart, we're going to rejoice in the reaping. But, but the context of Psalm 126 is this. The children of Israel had returned to their land. Their land had been destroyed by the enemies. Their heart was broken. They looked at the home place. They looked at the place they once lived and it was gone. They looked at the temple that they once worshipped God in and it was destroyed. They looked at the marketplace that they once uh, uh, took their children and their families and they enjoyed that time. And the marketplace was destroyed and their hearts were broken. And they came to the place of tears because of what the enemy had done. But the psalmist said, they that sow in tears are during the time of tears shall reap in joy. Look at verse 6. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. You know what he's saying? In a time of difficulty, don't quit on God, keep serving God. In a time of confusion, don't say, well, I'm just going to quit. No, don't quit. Just, just stay in the will of God. I love this story. I've told it often at funerals. I love the story. A little boy was sitting in the living room floor playing as his mother was doing needlework. And uh, he, he looked up at his mama and he saw the cloth and he saw all of the thread at the bottom. He said, Mama, what are you doing? She said, Son, 
I, I'm doing needlework, and it is a beautiful, beautiful picture. And it's a beautiful picture of a, of a farm scene. There's a farmhouse, and there's a barn. There's a fence, and, 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 and there, there, there's a sunrise. But the boy, when he looked up, all he saw was the threads that were hanging down. He said, Mom, it doesn't look like a beautiful picture to me. It looks, looks like a mess to me. Sometimes that's what I say to God. Lord, I don't know what you're doing. Well, son, I'll tell you, I'm fulfilling my will in your life. And it's a beautiful picture. But, Lord, it doesn't look like a beautiful picture to me. It looks like a mess to me. But, son, just wait and just keep watching and just keep working. You just keep playing and I'll show you. The day passed and the mother had sat there through the day working on the needlework. Finally, the evening had come and the mother picked up the boy and, and, and she set the boy on her lap and he saw the needlework from the other side, not from looking up at the threads on the bottom, but looking down now. He said, wow, he said, mama, that is a beautiful picture. From down there, I look up and it looks like a mess, but from here, it is a beautiful picture. And you know what Habakkuk is saying? I don't know how long it will be before God answers, but I believe he's going to answer, so I'm going to keep waiting. I don't know how long it's going to be before God does something to change the situation around us, but I believe he's going to do something, so I'm going to stand on my post and I'm going to watch. I'm expecting God to do something in my life. May I say this morning? Morning church is not to increase your doubt. Uh, church is to increase your faith in God. And I'm telling you this morning, God's done enough in the past for us to trust him today. And I say to you this morning, keep on working. I don't understand why all of the heartache in our world today, I know about sin and the curse of sin, but it's painful to see the difficulties and the heartaches today. It's difficult as a pastor to take the calls that folks say, would you pray for my son or my daughter or a family member? Drugs are destroying their lives. Pastor, I wish they could come to our house for Thanksgiving. Oh, but I just, pastor, they can't be trusted. I don't know what to do. When you look at all of that, sometimes you say, Lord, how long? How long? Why, why, why don't you do something? But I know God enough to say this. I don't understand right now, but I sure do trust him because I've seen what he's done in the past. I have a friend who is a Jewish man. He lived here in Lexington for a while, attended our church. He was a part of a, a, of a Jewish family and the family did not believe that Jesus was the Savior and they continued to look for the Messiah. This, this man that I knew, he, he, um, I thought about him this week because of Thanksgiving. When he trusted Christ as his Savior, his family disowned him. And I remember him telling me in tears how his family actually, they held a funeral service. And they said, he's no longer our son. He, he's dead. He's no longer a part of our family. And I could tell you many stories. And I'm not, not trying to stir your emotion. What I'm, what I'm trying to say this morning, I don't understand everything about God today. 
but I understand about enough about what he's done up to today that while I don't understand today, I'm going to trust him today. I wish I could explain it to you. I can't explain everything to you, but I can tell you this. God is in control. We are on the winning side. And so I'm not going to give up my faith for doubt. I'm not, I'm not going to give up my trust for despair. I'm not going to give up my belief for an unbelief and walk away as many in our world has done saying there is no God. Wait just a minute. The sun rose this morning just as it has every day since God put it in place. The rain has fallen and the, and the, and the crops in the fields have grown and the cows have given birth to calves and over and over God has supplied our need. Don't give up your faith for doubt today wait if you must but don't quit watch if you must but don't quit and last I say keep on working folks we are on the winning side and God is in control Heavenly Father as I read the book of Habakkuk I feel guilty to share the feelings that he had Because, Lord, there are things I wish I could fix in our world today. And I don't understand all things, but I'm going to trust, and I do trust that you do. And, Lord, we wait and we watch and we work. And, Lord, we understand that one day you're going to put down sin and Satan. And sorrows will all be in the past. And I know there's coming a day that you'll wipe all tears from our eyes. And Lord, I pray that when we are tempted to give up our faith, we're tempted to give up our trust in you, we would just look back and say, he sure has been good up to me up to now. I'm going to keep trusting him through this dark time. I pray for the one here that may be burdened this morning. Lord, maybe even angry or upset at you because you're not working in their life the way they think you should. I pray that you'd help them, Lord, just to trust you today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.